Hello, I'm Dr. Brian Cole, your host of Sports Medicine Weekly. And today we have an amazing topic. It's a new topic that I've never covered before over the last 12 years, water polo. We're going to have an amazing interview for this episode with Alyssa Terza. But before we do so, let's have a word from our sponsors. The Sports Medicine Weekly podcast is brought to you by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Being your best means always getting better. Whether you're looking to improve performance, relieve chronic back pain, or restore mobility through minimally invasive joint replacement surgery, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush delivers results. Their specialists are top ranked in Illinois and among the nation's best, working together to make your recovery faster, more complete, and a seamless experience. They'll get you back to living pain-free, often without surgery, so you can be your best every day. Schedule an appointment online at rushortho.com. Enhanced Medical Nutrition. Enhanced Medical Nutrition builds clinical nutrition products to help patients prepare better and recover faster. The Ortho Nutrition Bundle is a four-week, perioperative nutrition program containing their clinical-grade whey protein isolate and complex carbohydrate powder. Developed in collaboration with internationally renowned nutrition researchers and surgeons, the Ortho Nutrition Bundle is designed to maintain muscle, support wound healing, and improve the recovery experience. To learn more, please visit www.emn.health. Karen Malkin Health Counseling. Have you tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars? They're the best tasting bars on the market. Certified gluten-free, paleo, and no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at karenmalkin.com. Vericell. Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit www.vcell.com. That's V-C-E-L.com. Integrated Ortho. Integrated Ortho is Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana's premier provider of iceless thermal and compression therapy devices for patients recovering from orthopedic surgery. Iceless thermal therapy rental products are designed for ease of patient use and to control post-operative pain and swelling. Their sequential compression therapy products offer a portable, lightweight, and tubeless home therapy solution to help prevent blood clot formation following surgical procedures. To determine if Iceless Thermal Therapy or Sequential Compression products are right for you, please contact your healthcare professional. And for further information about Integrated Ortho's products and services, please give them a call at 773-248-6400. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Medicine Weekly. Today's topic is going to be water polo, and I'm going to be interviewing Alyssa Terza. Alyssa is formerly a D1 college water polo player at Iona College in New York. She also played professionally for three years and still remains active in water polo in a master's league. I had the opportunity to meet Alyssa in our Chicago Sports Summit, which is now occurring every Tuesday night throughout October, which you'll be able to tune into at chicagosportsummit.com. That being said, after meeting her, and only recently going to my first water polo event at Occidental College with my son at a parents' weekend, I became fascinated with the sport. It's, it has undergone an amazing growth. Water polo is one of the fastest-growing sports in the United States. The popularity and growth is largely attributed to an increase in focus on additional play opportunities and also the success of the Olympic Development Program. The growth trend in water polo is actually counter to a large nationwide crisis in physical inactivity that was recently quoted in Forbes magazine. 
It's interesting. In 2014, inactivity among children approached 20%, and in 2015, increased to 37%. And water polo provides an opportunity for all ages to counter that trend. There's a lot of interesting facts. The average water polo polo player swims 1.5 miles in a game over 28 minutes. The field players must swim end-to-end of a 30-meter pool, something I can never do nonstop many times during a game without actually touching the sides or the bottom of the pool. All field players are only allowed to touch the ball with one hand at a time, so they must develop the ability to catch and throw the ball with either hand and also have the ability to catch a ball from any direction, including across the body using momentum of the incoming ball. The USA women's water polo team has won a medal and finished in the top three Olympics since 2000, in in the top three, I should say, in the Olympics since 2000. And the athletes age range from 14 to 45, and they've competed in the Olympic water polo competitions uh, for decades. It's interesting, the former Major League Baseball Commissioner and U.S. Olympic Committee Chair Peter Uberoth was a water polo player at San Jose State. And it was even Prince William of England. He was the captain of his collegiate water polo team at St. Andrews University in Scotland. So water polo is fascinating. As I say, I had the first opportunity to actually see a water polo event at Occidental College. It just made it just made me pale in comparison in terms of I think that I'm fit. I think the people I'm around are fit. But when you watch water polo, you realize that it's an entirely different athlete. And that's one of the reasons I was fascinated to recently meet Alyssa Terzano. Alyssa, as I mentioned, was a D1 college water polo player at Iona State. And she played professionally for three years, and she still remains active in a master's league. Alyssa, thank you for joining us on Sports Medicine Weekly. Of course, I'm happy to be here. You know, where did you first get exposed to water polo? I can tell you that, you know, we live in the city of Chicago. I don't think my kids have ever been exposed to it as as an organized sport. How and when did you get first introduced to this sport? It's kind of funny because I was actually introduced to it on accident. Um, my I love sports, always been super involved, but my older sister um, was super naturally athletic. So she was on the basketball, volleyball team. And I remember in grade school, I tried out for all the teams and I never made them until my eighth grade year. Um, and they like threw me a pity card and said, OK, we'll let you uh, we'll let you on the team. And um, by the end of it, I because I loved to practice and work hard. So by the end of each season, I was starting, but I still went into my freshman year. I only had played one year. So it was really hard for me to compete with all these other athletes. So my Were one girlfriend said, I mean, did you come I in as a swam, swimmer though? I swam a little bit, but no, not really. So, well, that's, so then when I went into my freshman year, my one good girlfriend, Judy, she's like, let's go try out with bunny quotation marks for the swimming team. There was no tryouts, you know? So I made the mm. team. And then after that, when I it was in between basketball season, so I tried out for the basketball team, made second cuts, and then my swimming coach, who was also our water polo coach, was like, Alyssa, you need to try out for water polo if you don't make basketball. I think it'll go hand in hand. You know the rules. And so I started playing water polo. So I started actually a lot later in the game than most people. They usually start a lot earlier. Um, but my coach just basically introduced me and said, hey, you didn't make anything else. Let's try this. And I loved it and became obsessed with it and obviously pretty good. And um, so it was actually an accident. And I grew up in like the southwest suburbs of uh, Chicago and Orland Park. Um, but there are now a lot of really awesome high schools like Latin and St. Ignatius, um, schools in the city that are amazing at water polo, some of the top um, in the state now. You know, when I watched uh, the sport, when I was at uh, Occidental College and watched these young men and women play it, I was, I, I can't even begin to 
imagine what it requires to train for it because I guess you have to be a, a good, strong swimmer, but every muscle group is involved. So what is the training involved? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, that I think is the hardest part about me being, um, you know, a full-time employee, but also trying to maintain my master's um, play because it is a lot of different training. I mean, obviously swimming is super important, but because it's also a wrestling match in the water, lifting is a huge component of it too. You need a really big, you know, uh, strong core, um, but also endurance, right? So cross training, whether it be running, biking, um, playing volleyball, you know, there's just a ton of, um, you know, endurance that's needed. So you need to do a lot, a lot of two days and in college, definitely even three days to maintain because you're not swimming every day. Right. So like the difference, I think to your point, why, when you brought up that it's a harder sport, everybody runs or walks, right. You have to walk, but not everybody swims. And I think that's why that's, it's so, you know, mind boggling to people like, how the heck do they do that? Um, because it's such a different, um, sport and way to, that you have to stay in shape. So, you know, swimming is a huge component to it. Um, and it makes it harder cause you don't do that every day. So it's, it's, a little bit harder to stay in shape, but you have to maintain it because as soon as you stop swimming, I mean, your water polo goes down the tube. So, Yeah, it's fascinating. You mentioned it's like wrestling in the water. It really is that way. And there's skills there that I don't really see those skills uh, anywhere else. Like when I watch, you have to catch with one. You can't touch the ball with two hands, right? So you got to be able to hand it off, go from one hand to the other and use the momentum of the ball to, uh, you know, to sort of recoil and, and then deliver it again in some other direction. It, I mean, it, I was baffled, but I was fascinated. I, I think I watched it for over two hours. We watched one match after another, and I was like, this is the greatest sport ever. Although, <laughs> and, and possibly because I think I could never play it. I mean, I'm a really sucky swimmer. That's why I can never do tri- tries. I can run. I can bike, but cannot swim. But I just felt like this is a real sport. This is like a total body fitness sport. Yeah. Well, if you need uh, somebody to do the leg of swimming, let me know, you know, I think. So give me, give me some (laughs) of the, like, like, what would you say? Like, who's, what are the physical attributes that really can, you know, contribute to being a successful water polo player? Oh, it's funny because you would think being tall, um, but actually like Wolf Ligo, who's like a very short player is one of the, uh, arguably the best water polo player, um, in the world. Um, so I think honestly being quick. So to your point, like one of the funnest shots are redirects when you, um, you know, somebody's passing you the ball and you half catch it, half throw it into the net. Like those are super fun. Um, you know, post play being able to catch it on the fly, somebody's faking and then you catch it, you know, with a no look pass, um, things like that. So, I mean, being quick, obviously being strong, having a really strong core, um, is super important. I'm a center is my main position. So that's, I relate it to basketball for people because usually they know, um, the rules of basketball. So like a center in basketball, you know, they want to feed you the ball. It's very similar to that, but you don't have to like stay outside the red zone for any period of time. You can, um, be in the middle at all times. You just can't go into the two meter mark in front of the goalie. Um, but I would say core is really important. And then, um, being explosive because the more explosive you are, the higher you get out of the water, the quicker you are, people can't catch you. They can't pull your suit. They can't kick off you. Like all the things that everybody wants to do that, uh, contribute to being a wrestling match. So do you, do you, um, it's a, tw- correct me if I'm wrong, is it 28 minutes of activity? 
It depends. So um, di- different leagues and different tournaments. So when I played um, professionally, um, they're eight-minute quarters. Um, now when I play Masters, it can range anywhere from six to seven-minute quarters. So there's four quarters. Um, and then college play, ugh, it was a while ago now, but I believe it was also eight-minute quarters. So it kind of ranges. And and you is the only rest, like I there were some cycling in, like do they actually assess this person looks fatigued or would you, or is there, is there an instance where you will play all seven or eight minutes per quarter and not get out? Oh yeah. Like in college, I never got out, but it depends on where you're at. Right. So like you're going to Stanford, you're going to USC, you have a little bit of a deeper bench. Right. So I went to a smaller school like Iona, um, ended up doing super well and had an amazing, um, three years. We made it to NC2As, um, all three of my last years, um, in college. But that being said, I mean, if you want to win and you're a top, you know, player, you have to stay in, but in professionally, you, it kind of ranges, but it depends. I mean, it depends on how deep your bench is, how conditioned you are. Um, the stop and go is really at the line. So when you stop, somebody scores a goal, you get a lot more rest. But if the game is constantly, if you have really good defense um, and there's no goals, it could be, you know, you're swimming back and forth intense, super intensely for three, four minutes and then you're gassed. And a, a coach will usually see that and know, like, is this player have the endurance to keep going or do I need to pull her for a minute or two to give her a rest? You know, um, as an orthopedic surgeon and doing sports medicine, obviously I'm always fascinated by what the nature of the injuries are specific to a sport. I can't tell you that I've seen a lot of rug, uh, rugby, a lot of water polo players. I have not seen a lot of water polo players come to my office, right? But the ones I have seen about the only injuries that I have seen have been shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. And they're usually overuse type things, strains, nothing major. Like it seems to be a sport, at least that I'm not seeing, you know, this whole cadre of sport specific events. Did, did you get ever get injured? And what were some of the most common things that would sideline um, some of your, 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 your friends and, and, and players? That's uh, a great question. I, I, uh, to your point, yeah, shoulder injuries, I would say are definitely um, the most common um, or like hip or knee just due to treading a ton. And like I said earlier, just being explosive, um, because you want to get up out of the water as high as you can. Um, and then just treading, like you start obviously at higher levels, we're treading with, you know, jugs of water and weights and chairs and, you know, it's just a lot on your knees, but still it's all like body weight technically the whole time difference between basketball and, and football and volleyball, right? You're not having that compression of, of being on land. So I think that's probably why you don't see, as many injuries for sure. I am very blessed that I hadn't, I haven't had too many injuries. I've probably given a lot more injuries. Actually, funny story. I broke my uh, best friend's thumb in high school, um, during a scrimmage. And at the time we didn't know each other that well, we've become come best friends after in our adult life. Um, but we still bring it up cause it's really funny. Um, cause like I said, I was a center and I went to turn her and set and her thumb was wrapped in my suit cause she was grabbing my suit, which I always say now I'm like your fault for grabbing me. But, um, <laughs> I spun her and her thumb went backwards and she broke her thumb. Um, but I haven't really had the, the, the worst injury I've had is my, uh, when we were in NC2As, we were playing uh, San Jose and my pinky popped out of the socket. So it was like dislocated and I had it straight, but my, my, the bone was sticking up and um, I yeah. went to talk to my girlfriend. I'm like, Hey, I think I hurt my hand. And I showed her we're at the line about to go over to offense. She's like, you're fine. You're fine. I come back. I'm like, Amy, I really think I broke my, I really think something's wrong with my hand. I sure again. She's like, Oh my God, Alyssa, get out. My trainer, our AT trainer popped it back in. I got back in, scored another back end, you know? So that was like the worst injury I yeah, probably ever had besides like maybe a concussion, yeah. but 
Yep. My kind of athlete. I love it. I love it. I wish I could have some <laughs> yeah. of the professional athletes that I deal with go have that kind of, that kind of stamina and fortitude. Uh, tell me something, you know, I, I think a lot of our listeners may not know a whole lot about water polo. You know, tell me something that people don't know about water polo. What would they find surprising? I would see, say probably a lot of um, people that are very new to it have seen it in the Olympics a little bit more. And I love the fact that they have the underwater cameras because that's probably the biggest thing that no one understands. Everything that's going on above the water is the easy part. Everything that's going on underneath the water is a hard part. So not only are you trying to swim, like as you mentioned, which some of those stats are really cool. I didn't even know all that. Um, you know, a mile and a half during the game, you're also dragging another person with you half the time because they're either pulling on you, grabbing your suit, um, you know, kicking off of you. There's just a, a ton of stuff going on underneath the water. So um, I would say that's probably the biggest thing that people don't really um, understand or know about. And that's really when you're good at grabbing in a, I always say in a clean way, but I don't know if there's any clean grabbing, but in a way that's advancing you and not being malicious because there's a lot of girls that can get super malicious. And I've had bite marks and scratches and tons of bruises. One of the, our yeah. girls um, fract- yeah. uh, ruptured her liver because the girl kicked off of her so wow. hard. Um, wow. You know, it just depends on, you know, kind of your level of play and what you like to do. But um, that's probably the most interesting thing, I think. Tell me a little bit about the dynamic of, uh, you know, women in sports is is often taking a back seat. Is 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 your sport, you know, is water polo an, an equal opportunity sport uh, when it comes to the NCAA and a professional or is it, is it a male dominant field? You know, where, where does, how did, what's the current setting right now? It's a great question. Um, it's definitely up and coming. It's funny now because the girls have done so much better than the boys in the Olympics, um, recently. So I think we've gotten a lot more exposure, but I could even relate it back to when I was in high school and the boys, um, like our coach, like it was just always known the boys got the deep end first. The deep end was where you want to practice because that's where you're going to get the best training, easiest um, way to practice, biggest part of the pool. And um, we always had to structure our practices around the boys, you know. And then even when we got to college, the boys had the best game times, right? So the boys had the two o'clock time frame when everybody wanted or five o'clock, you know, and we're at noon where nobody really shows up. So little things like that. And, um, I would say, you know, that's probably changed now. Obviously I'm, I'm 10 years removed, but I think that this, the Olympics and how well the girls have just crushed it, um, have done an amazing job of really kind of, I think, slashing that, um, and making, uh, women way more well-known, you know, and more fun to watch. So. You know, one of the greatest things about being involved in a sport is you get exposed to so many unique individuals, right? People are committed to a sport, but also you had the college setting, you had the professional setting. You know, can you think of sort of a coach or another athlete who made a huge difference in your athletic career? And, you know, if so, who was it and, and what was that impact? Um, when I played in Spain, um, in Matara was our team name, um, we had three Olympians on our team. And one of them was Laura, Laura Lopez. And she was definitely like the best athlete that I've ever played with. Um, we went to the European cup in Hungary that year and she's just such a calm nature and had such a finesse with the game. It was just beautiful to watch her play. Um, but her work ethic and just kind of how she corralled the whole team, because I'm sure, as you know, being a, um, a team 
sport, it's one of the main things is you have to run like a machine, right? It doesn't matter how many all-star players you have. If you don't have a team that works together, it's pointless. And she just did such a great job at being so even keel, um, not to call us out as girls, but we can be dramatic sometimes. And that's probably one of the hardest things to, you know, corral um, on a team. And she just did a really great job of that and was just someone I, I definitely looked up to. Um, and then for a coach, I would definitely say my high school coach because she she didn't really know about water polo. Even now I look back and I remember this one game we lost uh, going into state. We would have had to beat Lions Township and we lost. Um, I'm like thinking back, I'm like, I would have done it so much different. But what she did do is she created a passion in every single one of her players. And I still can think of when I'm doing a swim set and I really don't want to do it. She would always tell us to push through the wall. And I still think of that when I'm just like not wanting to do it or not wanting to work as hard. So um, she definitely created a passion and a work ethic that I couldn't thank her enough for because I would have never had it without her. So. Well, that's, that's a great story. Um, t- 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 tell me a little bit about, you know, you played professionally for three years. I think you played in Europe. Um, you know, what countries did you play in and, and, and how was that professional experience? How did that compare to your college experience at Iona? Yeah. So, um, I started off playing in Nice, France, um, which was absolutely beautiful. Obviously not a, a bad place to be. I got super lucky and got, um, really great locations where I played. Some people aren't quite as lucky. Um, Playing um, in East France was very fun, but very different. Um, the first time being over there, it's it's great, and I 100% recommend it, but it's also not all it's cracked up to be in terms of, like, it's not fun in games. You're not there every weekend, you know, going out and visiting these places in these cities. I mean, you have doubles every day. You're exhausted. You're also competing against these girls that, you know, you're uh, a foreign player. So you're competing against these girls that's been on the team for 10, 10, 12 years, and you're taking their spot and starting over them. And, um, so it's a very, um, different experience, super rewarding and, um, experience I would never forget. But, um, like I said, the first place was, um, East France, which started me off my career there. Um, it kind of exposed me. And then after that, I was recruited to play in Matero, Spain, which was my dream team. I remember thinking like when I was in France, I was like, oh my gosh, if I got recruited to play on this team, that would be so cool. And, um, I remember being called and they needed a center and I was like, heck yeah, I'll go. I was in between a job, a IT sales job. And I told my boss, I was there like six months. I'm like, Hey, what do you think? He's like, you got to go. I'm like, okay. Um, so yeah, so that was really fun. Um, playing, I mean, like I said, we had three Olympians on our team. We played against the USA Olympians and we are right near Barcelona. So that was just so much fun. Um, you know, being in a city like that, you know, going to visit all the huge, um, you know, major sites like Sagrada Familia and then being able to travel to all these different crazy tournaments. We had the Japanese national team come over uh, multiple times and playing against them and just all these experiences that I would have never, ever had, you know. Um, and then my last team, I just actually, they flew me out for a few weeks to train with them and play in a championship game um, that they needed to beat in order to get to their, uh, to win their, their country title. So, um, and that was in, uh, Portugal, Lisbon. Uh, so I played for Benfica. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were all just really great experiences. I would say the last team, because it was a lower level um, team, was the probably my favorite only because it was just so fun. And they just, you know, it wasn't quite as competitive. And it was a good, like, kind of last run for me. You know, it's interesting. Some of the other statistics, um, I did a little research before we had our, uh, we, we had a chance to talk to each other. <clears throat> There's, um, 
about 75 colleges that offer men's water polo. There, it didn't become an Olympic sport for men until 1990. And then women was 10 years later, right? So it just shows like the, the differential in male versus female, men versus women. And then it was, it, it became part of the NCAA in 1969 for men. Women, it didn't happen until 2001. I mean, it's kind of crazy, you know, when you think yeah. about it in hindsight, but, and I think like for our, for our, for our young athletes are, you know, the kids are in high school and so forth. They, you know, it, the good news is for them, the norm is that it sort of feels like equal opportunity. Right. But just think about before title nine, how, how terrible it was and the lack of opportunity um, that we, that, that, that you had as a woman, as a young girl. And now it's like, I mean, I don't, I, I, I you know, as you pointed out, there's still are probable differences, you know, today, but we've come an off an awful, an awfully long way compared to what it used to be in terms of providing opportunity to participate in sports and water polo is no different than any other sport. You know, when you just think about the differential that I just cited. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's uh, amazing how far we've come, and I hope it continues to go in that direction. Um, it's it's amazing to see like young athletes, like you said, women and stuff that like even in Illinois, I was probably one of like one of five maybe girls that went and played in college, you know, and now. I'm coaching, um, and a lot of girls, like almost half of our team, especially the ones that are super into it are, am going to play in college. Um, and I love seeing that. And to your point, it's just a, it's great that it's come such a long way. And I just, like I said, hope it continues to go that way. So, you know, just, you know, the final question, you know, being a, uh, a, a former D1 athlete and then a professional athlete and now uh, participating in a master's league and you're, whenever you hear master's, you think you're not that old. I, I, you know, I don't want, you can share if you want, but I know having met you, you're not that old, but you're, you're, when you're not a, a college, you're not a pro and you're playing, you're a master's. So that, that applies to a lot of people. Uh, yeah. so you know, what, what advice would you give to young athletes and, and specifically to, you know, our young, uh, uh, female or women athletes, you know, what advice would you give them? And, uh, and it could be any sport, uh, but to be able to persevere and succeed, uh, in that, in that area, what could you tell them? I would definitely say, um, if you're going to do something, go all in, um, work your butt off. If I could have told my younger self that I was going to play professionally in Spain, France, and Portugal, and never in a million years would I ever have thought that, you know, our biggest enemy is ourself. So to continue to push yourself, believe in yourself because no one else will the same way you do. So never think anything's impossible. And when you do something, go all in, don't go half-assed going all in is your best yep. bet. And then you'll be able to see where it goes from there. Yeah, I think those are those are wise words. Well, um, I, uh, Alyssa Terza, as I mentioned, she is a elite water polo player. She stays with it in her, in, a, in, a, in a master's league here uh, in uh, in the Midwest in Chicago. And I enjoyed having the opportunity to meet you, uh, you know, with our Chicago Sports Summit tapings. And as I mentioned, you know, a little plug: ChicagoSportsSummit.com is a an amazing uh, uh, educational experience where we meet with leaders in sports and business and, and athletes and uh, uh, all through October of uh, 22, every Tuesday evening, we'll be uh, airing these uh, virtual live virtual, I would say. And, but you can get the uh, episodes uh, uh, with, uh, with our guests uh, through sportsmedicineweekly.com. But circling back to you, I always find it inspiring um, to see how people sort of, you know, end up, 
playing a specific sport, especially not having any exposure to it. And you, you basically were molded into a sport that you were, you know, you were fit and, 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 and it was a pro it was proper for you, but you would have never identified if you didn't have a, a role model or someone who was, you know, interested in you and providing the opportunity. It's, it wasn't something that was intuitive and, and it's, you know, people who are not actively participating in sports may not know where, what, what their home is, you know, and you found a home in, in, in water polo. So it's pretty cool and it's an inspiring story. So I want to thank you for, uh, for, uh, you know, taking your time with us on sports medicine, sports medicine weekly. Thank you, Dr. Cole. That's a great way to put it. And I, I'm thankful for it too. It's helped me um, through a lot of things and got me to where I am today in life and professionally in my career and everything. So I'm super grateful for it. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And thank you. And uh, th that uh, closes out another episode of Sports Medicine Weekly. And remember, all the net proceeds go to sport, sports medicine research at Rush. And uh, please tune in weekly to where you listen to your podcasts. And uh, please feel free to tune into another episode of Sports Medicine Weekly. I'm Brian Cole, your host, and have a great day. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a five-star review. Make sure to also follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Net proceeds from Sports Medicine Weekly go to support research at Rush University Medical Center in the Department of Orthopedics. The Sports Medicine Weekly podcast is brought to you by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Being your best means always getting better. Whether you're looking to improve performance, relieve chronic back pain, or restore mobility through minimally invasive joint replacement surgery, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush delivers results. Their specialists are top ranked in Illinois and among the nation's best, working together to make your recovery faster, more complete, and a seamless experience. They'll get you back to living pain-free, often without surgery, so you can be your best every day. Schedule an appointment online at rushortho.com. JRF Ortho. JRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to jrfortho.org to learn more or sign up to be a tissue donor at donatelife.net. With over 205 years of combined experience successfully representing victims of personal injury and wrongful death matters, the attorneys of Tomasic, Coton, Kasserman are committed to working for you. Reach them at 312-605-8800 or on the web at tkklaw.com. Karen Malkin Health Counseling. Have you tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars? They're the best tasting bars on the market. Certified gluten-free, paleo, and no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at karenmalkin.com. Integrated Ortho. Integrated Ortho is Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana's premier provider of iceless thermal and compression therapy devices for patients recovering from orthopedic surgery. Iceless thermal therapy rental products are designed for ease of patient use and to control post-operative pain and swelling. Their sequential compression therapy products offer a portable, lightweight, and tubeless home therapy solution to help prevent blood clot formation following surgical procedures. To determine if iceless thermal therapy or sequential compression products are right for you, please contact your healthcare professional. And for further information about Integrated Ortho's products and services, please give them a call at 773-248-6400.